the secret to manifesting is to feel good because when you feel good, your energy is really vibrant. You bring a high vibe to your relationships. You have inspired ideas. You're physically more well because your thoughts inform every molecule of your being. So feeling good results in attracting more, period. So we think, oh, you know, I can just get that thing. Or the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the harder I work, the more I push, the more I'll get. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) It's the better I feel, the more I'll receive. I often say do less and attract more. It's not that we don't do things. It's not like we don't write the book or start the podcast or pick up the phone and ask the guy on the date. It's not that we don't take action, but we take action from a place of positive energy. The third one is action, but that action is coming from a high vibe place. So you can trust that whatever actions you're taking are backed with a good feeling vibration. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's podcast is with thought leader and personal development powerhouse, Gabby Bernstein. Gabby is a number one New York Times bestselling author and has written eight books, including Super Attractor and The Universe Has Your Back. She is also the host of the rapidly growing Dear Gabby podcast, where she provides real-time coaching advice, as well as conversations with inspirational guests. I try to take our conversation down a slightly different path as we open our discussion with Gabby pulling one of her mantra cards to help set the tone for our chat. We then wasted no time getting into different parts of Gabby's story, including some of her more recent struggles and how she overcame them. Gabby and I talk about how she deals with uncertainty, and our convo also dovetails into a step-by-step process on how to shift negative thinking and create new belief systems. We discuss how to align with your highest self, and what you really must do to manifest what you want in life. Gabby also gives us a sneak peek into her health and wellness routine and how she optimizes her sleep and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Gabby Bernstein to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Gabby B, welcome to the podcast. So good to be with you. Always good to be with you. It's so good to be with you too. And I was looking back and I I think I've been trying to track you down for an interview for probably almost three years. Initially, it was for my book, The Heart of Recovery. And I think you were in the middle of writing a book and were pregnant and it just didn't work out. And I'm so blessed to be able to get the time with you now. But before we start, I think it's only fitting because there's so much I want to talk to you about, but for you to pull a card, see what it says, and that'll determine the direction of our conversation. Let's do it. All right. I have three decks in front of me. I've got my spirit junkie deck. When I say deck, they're card decks with affirmations and prayers. Universe has your back and super attractor. Which card, which deck do you want? Let's go super attractor. Yeah, dude. Woo! All right. We've already got cards falling on the ground. All right. Here we go. Let's see what we got. This is beautiful for us. Here we go. Wanting more for others puts me into an energy of abundance. Wow. Bang. Good one. Bang. I love that. So with that said, has there been a time 
maybe in recent years where you've had to kind of let go of a little bit of like selfishness or wanting more for yourself and which has held you back from deepening relationships with people close to you? Oh, yeah. I think that the key to a lot of my successes in life has been my commitment to wanting others to thrive. Mm. And the reason there's two reasons. One, whenever you're in the devotional service of others, you're going to feel a swell of energy behind you. You're always going to be supported. The universe will have your back because it's a we energy, not a me energy. And that, that doesn't mean that you don't have your own aspirations and goals and visions for yourself and that you don't show up for yourself and have high expectations for what you can create, but that you're in the pursuit of giving and serving and connecting and collaborating. The other element of why that's been an energy of success for me in my life is because I don't compare myself to others 90% of the time. Maybe there's a 10% of like a lingering moment here and there, or a 5% even of a lingering moment. So I got to be to- totally honest. I'm sure there's been times, there have been times where I'd be like, oh, you know, so-and-so did that thing. I wish I should, you know, whatever. But for the most part, it's pretty much wanting more for others. And knowing that when you're in that energy of wanting more for for others, it actually is an abundant energy and ultimately creates an energetic state where you become so much more receptive for attracting what you want as well. So, because let's just put it simply, when you want more for others, it feels good. And the key to manifesting and attracting into your own life is to feel good. When you're jealous and you're comparing, it feels like shit. So that ain't going to work. Yeah. And what's really interesting about all of that is I know you've talked about how you've climbed many emotional mountains in your life and some more recently than others. And I think one of the biggest ones that seemed happened not too long ago, it was like at the beginning of COVID, I think, where you felt this lack of control, you felt kind of uncertain because of everything that had happened and you lost your ability to speak on stage. And I think you then went and said, how can I serve others? And you started this Dear Gabby on Instagram originally. I remember you it was originally on your phone and then it transitioned more into this thing where you had people hop on a Zoom and then it, now it's a podcast. So what I want to go into now is like you you've talked about this emotional mountain before and you've and you've mentioned that you know one of your biggest gifts is how vulnerable you are. So what was going on with this emotional mountain? I think you were in a place where you just were continuing to feel unsafe, you were feeling lack of control. And I think you just kind of had enough and there was this massive breakthrough you had. So talk about like what prompted that and how did you, how did you get through it? I think all of us went through an emotional mountain and potential breakthrough during the early days of COVID. And for me, it was lots of team members no longer wanting to work with me, people I'd worked with for a decade, just parting ways. The universe doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, dismantling things, because often when things get dismantled, it's because you're meant to rebuild. So as you mentioned, the stage taken away, right? Nobody could go live. There was no more live live audiences. I was doing all my talks on Zoom. It was really awkward. And then of course, all the stressors of running a business and being a human at a time when we are in this global traumatic event. So we all went through this. For me, I, like everyone, was flailing for the first month or so, trying to control things, trying to make everything work way one way that I should, dealing with the team changes, now moving into big you know, staffing up and hiring new people. 
So I had to really turn inward and say, what, what is of my highest and best? How can I show up in a way that's going to have an impact? How can I serve at my highest capacity? And that was when I heard my inner voice, my inner wisdom, my intuition say to me, get online, just get on, get on Instagram. And I started using my live platform to workshop people and help people. And to this exact card that we pulled, wanting more for others puts me into an energy of abundance. Every Wednesday, I went live on Instagram for an entire year, and I continue to because I record then my podcast. But I every week I'd go live doing Dear Gabby live for an hour with a community that we built together, this community that continued to grow. And the energy of abundance, and when I say abundance, I mean joy, exhilaration, service, fulfillment, purpose was so high vibe because. I was able to show up every Wednesday and help people and feel connected and tell the truth and feel that relationship that we were all longing for. And so that turned into the next phase of my career, which was to create this podcast, Dear Gabby. And I think that all great things are created out of service and love. And in this instance, it was, and joy truly, and it was just it, 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 creating the show is the biggest joy. It's amazing when some of our deepest and darkest pains become part of our biggest blessings and, and purpose, right? With with the show that you've created. And it seems like I know when you were younger, you were like a youth leader for the religious establishment you were going to. And you always had this knack, I think, for just leading others spiritually. And then obviously you went through so many other challenges in your life that have helped you build strength, uh, gain wisdom and understanding for so many other people that have now led you to where you are today. And something that we both have in common is we both have had our battles with addiction. And ironically enough, we both got into recovery in the month of October. So you've done so much work on yourself, so much healing, so much spiritual growth, so much professional and personal development. Have you been able to, to go back now and look at like when you were using and when you were in the thick of your addiction, like what caused a lot of that? Well, I wasn't able to understand it when I first got clean and sober. I was like, why did I, why was I an addict? I don't understand. I had this story of my life that was really a picture I had painted that seemed pretty good. Only until I was 36, when I continued to crack open, crack open, crack open through anxiety attacks, panic attacks, physical somatic issues, where I was really cracking into a dissociated memory. And so often when you dissociate from a traumatic event from your childhood, you build up a story that looks really good on the outside. And that story becomes the, oh, that's my life. Like the, the pretty picture I've painted. But at 36 years old, I remembered events from my childhood that created trauma in my body, in my brain and my nervous system. And that, that moment of recognizing and remembering the trauma was also the moment why, when I understood why I used, because I literally remember saying out loud, oh, that's why I was a drug addict. That's what I was running from. We're always at I, I think most addicts are traumatized individuals. Agreed. I can pretty much safely say that hands down. Doesn't matter if it's trauma with a big T or trauma with a small T. We as addicts have experienced events in our life that have caused emotional disturbances that affect our nervous system, affect our brain, affect our coping mechanisms, leave us in a place of hypervigilance and high alert. And what are we left to do? 
We want to anesthetize. We want to numb out. We want to get out of that feeling of constant terror and constant pain and shame and suffering. And we use over it. And so anyone that's struggling with addiction right now, my God, give yourself a hug. Mm. Anyone that's sober, give yourself a hug. It's, it's, there's a reason that we use. It's not like, oh, we were just bad people or, or we're something to be ashamed of. No, recognizing your addiction is something to be extraordinarily proud of because it means that you're committed to getting better and you're committed to healing the core wounds that got you there in the first place. One of the best descriptions of addiction that I've ever heard is that it's an internal battle that's displayed externally. And that so many people are hurting inside. And as a result um, of that, their decisions, their behaviors, the way they carry themselves reflects that. And so I know like one of the main things or a big contributing thing to like many of your addictions, whether it be the workaholism or drug addiction has been this lack feeling of, 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 of less than or not enough or feeling out of control. And it's led down some, some tough paths for you. But I think on the flip side, you've been able to turn a lot of that around. And now you've obviously created something incredibly inspirational. So how do you deal with a lack of control now? Like what are some things that Gabby Bernstein does when she's feeling fearful or feeling uncertain or feeling like a lack of control? I've been uh, practicing in my own therapy with my therapist for eight years now, a, a practice called internal family systems therapy. And in the fall, I've been accepted to their level one training. So I'm going in to get trained in this process. I'm going to bring it into the way that I lead my team, the way that I teach, the way that I'll write a book on it. And it's a transformational therapeutic process of really getting into a relationship with your adult resourced self, self with a capital S, the part of us that is all knowing the part of us that can show up for our kids when we're in our highest and best, the part of us that is an adult, really, right? But we also have all these other multiple parts of ourselves, the addict, the child parts that are wounded and traumatized, the controller, I call mine. Uh, and these different roles are either exiled parts of us that we don't want to talk about or protector parts that are trying to manage our life. And so whenever I notice myself in a, in a addictive pattern, I'm like, Oh, who is that protector right there? And I get curious about it. And then I now have deepened this relationship to that source of self within me, the adult within me. So that when I notice myself activated, I can use a mere, one of my myriad of tools that I have in my nine books, you know, and resource myself in the moment. And that ability to resource myself is what keeps me clean and sober, is what keeps me out of chronic stress. It keeps me from having panic. It, it keeps me centered. It allows me to live a sustainable, happy life. And that's the gig, right? It's learning about all the parts of us that are wounded and, and trying to protect ourselves and establishing this very strong relationship with the adult resource part of ourselves. And then the moments when we see ourselves activated, letting that self-energy bring us back to safety. That's a lot right there that I just said, trying to simplify an entire therapeutic process in five minutes, but, and I'll write a book about it. So everybody relax. <laughs> um, and if you want to know more about IFS, you can go to uh, internalfamilysystems.org, I believe is the website. We can confirm that. It's the work of Dick Schwartz. But the main message is just getting into a greater relationship with what some spiritual people might call God, or you in IFS would call self, or you can call it inner wisdom, but 
strengthening that relationship to the resourced parts of yourself is what helps you get out of that anxiety and that, that fear and that tension. If you ask those that know me best, what has been an ongoing struggle of mine, it's definitely been my sleep. I am sure many of you can relate to this. One small change I recently made is that I started taking magnesium breakthrough by Bioptimizers, which is the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium. I've taken lots of magnesium supplements throughout the last decade, and this one is rare and that it actually makes me feel relaxed when I take it. And I'm not the only one who is in love with magnesium breakthrough. Marie left a five-star review saying, I give this a hundred stars if I could. Within one month of use, I went from daily struggles with restless legs, constipation, and poor sleep to no struggles with any of that. I know it sounds dramatic and far-fetched, but it's true. Amanda says, I fall asleep much faster and stay asleep now until normal waking hours. You have a customer for life. Listen, if you're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, one of the best things you can possibly do is start getting enough magnesium. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement that you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they won't fix your magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed, and you'll be amazed by how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash Doug and use the code Doug10 to save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough. Oh, and one more thing. For a limited time, Buy Optimizers is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling products, P30M and Mazimes, with select purchases only while supplies last. So hurry and order now if you want the free gifts. So go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash Doug now to get your exclusive 10% discount, plus the chance to get more than $50 worth of supplements for free. Now back to the show. Yeah. You and I share something another thing that's similar and that's kind of how we both talk about how to get out of a negative belief or a rut. And I know you call it the choose again method where essentially you're, you become aware of whatever the thought or the pattern is, then you forgive yourself for it. Like you don't shame yourself and then you take action with a better option. Right. And I call mine like awareness, like having the awareness on how you're feeling acceptance, like, like knowing that it's, it's part of life to feel depressed at times. It's part of life to feel anxious and then action, like making a, a decision that's going to make you feel better. That's aligned with the highest version of yourself. So when I was doing research on you and I, and I read that, I was like, wow, that's, it's so interesting that we have that in common. So with that said, like, I want to talk about that a little bit more because I think what really drags people down is the negative beliefs that they've created in themselves. Like they're not enough or they're ugly or they're a piece of crap. And there's so many people that are listening to this that are constantly dealing with negative self-talk. So if you could go a little bit deeper into the protocol that you use so that if somebody listening to this is just struggling to get out of that negative self-talk rut, what what they can do. Well, I love your three A's. That's awesome. (laughs) So good. But yeah, it's very similar to what you're suggesting. It's we have all these beliefs. And as Abraham Hicks, the spiritual teacher say, a belief is just a thought that we keep thinking. And so when we have these traumatic events in our childhood or emotional disturbances, they ignite a belief. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. I'm faulted in some way. I'm I'm not good enough, period. 
And we reiterate those belief systems in so many different areas of our life. And so when we notice that we have that thought on repeat, it becomes a belief. The way to deactivate that belief is to step one, this is what I call the choose again method. Step one, notice that fear-based belief system, that thought that keeps repeating itself and notice how it makes you feel. So in the moment, notice it and notice how it makes you feel. And then the second step is to forgive yourself for having the thought. Because when you forgive yourself, it's very much like what you said with acceptance. It's saying, oh, there's that thought again, but that thought isn't who I am. That's just a thought that I keep thinking. It makes it no longer about you. It separates you from the belief. It shows you that it's just a thought that you've been thinking. So you forgive yourself for having that thought. You get into acceptance and you can say, I'm not that thought. And then the third step is to choose again, which is very actionable, similar to your method. And it starts to reach for the next best feeling thought. So you're starting to reach for a thought that feels better. And a thought that feels better could be, you know, wow, I had a nice coffee this morning or just reaching for anything that's better than where you were. And then continuously guiding your thoughts out of that negative space into the next positive thought, to the next positive thought, the next positive thought. So you can start to think your way out and choose again. That's the method. Yeah. It's it's so spot on the way you do that, because I think what happens is our perception of ourselves becomes hijacked based on the lies that other people tell us that we start to believe over time. So for somebody who was bullied in school and we were told we were ugly or that we're a piece of junk or whatever it was. And then sure enough, we start to to believe that and say, well, maybe that is true. And then if you start to believe that, then how are you going to feel? You're going to feel like crap. And then you're going to start to make decisions that are aligned with the lowest version of yourself. And I think there's this myth out there when it comes to, to manifesting that essentially people just feel, I think at times they can just manifest anything whenever they want. And I know you kind of, I guess, disagree in that to manifest, you have to feel good. Like you can't yes. just be in this super low place in your life and be like, oh, I'm going to manifest my ideal soulmate. I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I'm going to manifest this. So talk about manifesting in your understanding. And if somebody listening to this is really looking to want to manifest something magical in their life, how can they go about doing that? Beautiful question. So manifesting is really all about feeling good to exactly what you said. The secret to manifesting is to feel good because when you feel good, your energy is really vibrant. You bring a high vibe to your relationships. You have inspired ideas. You're physically more well because your thoughts inform every part of you from the every molecule of your being. So feeling good results in attracting more period. So we think, oh, you know, I can just get that thing. Or the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the harder I work, the more I push, the more I'll get. Uh, No, that's not how it works. (laughs) It's the better I feel, the more I'll receive. I often say do less and attract more. So it's not so, it's not that we don't do things. It's not like we don't write the book or start the podcast or pick up the phone and ask the guy on the date. It's not that we don't take action, but we take action from a place of positive energy. And so that's why I love, you know, you, you, you are, you know, have your three A's. The third one is action, but that action is coming from a high vibe place. So you can trust that whatever actions you're taking are backed with a good feeling vibration. And when your actions are backed with good vibes, that's when you're co-creating. That's when you're manifesting. That's when you're bringing energy to what it is that you desire and creating the life that you want. 
So we all have the power to create the world that we want to see, but we have to do it from a place of joy. We have to have a great level of patience and surrender and acceptance because sometimes our manifestations may not happen on the timeline or in the exact way that we thought, but they often come when and in a way that are far better than what we could have ever imagined. So we got to do our part to stay in a good vibe, be patient and show up. Absolutely. And, and I 100% agree with you. And, and I'm glad that you, you said that because like I was saying a minute ago, there's a lot of people that they get in these dark spots or they're feeling super low in their life and they're constantly complaining about themselves or their life. And then they all of a sudden just think they're, they're going to be able to manifest all these great things in their, into their life. It's like, no, you got to get yourself in check first. You got to get yourself right first and then get into alignment with where you're going, feeling good about who you are and your life. And then those things will come along. And I know one of the things that at least for me, has been incredibly important for feeling good has been fitness and health and wellness. And I know that's a, a big part of, of your life too. So if you could just give the audience like a, a few things or just share with the audience a few things that you do to optimize your own health and wellness and how that helps you in the day-to-day -day life. So there's things I do and then there's things I don't do. Mm -hmm. So the things I don't do, I don't drink. I've been sober 16 years. I don't pick up a drug. I don't eat sugar. I... I don't eat gluten, doesn't really work for me. And I have a zero stress tolerance. When I say zero stress tolerance, doesn't mean I don't have moments of arousal. Like, oh shit, there's something going on. I got to show up for it. But I don't let myself get into a state of hypervigilance. I don't allow myself to get to that place of allostatic load when the stress is so extreme that your body can't handle it anymore. And that is not an option for me. So I meditate. So then what I do do is I meditate every day for 40 minutes at noon, every single day, unless I have something booked, I book it then an hour later, whatever I do, I have to meditate every day. I exercise pretty much every single day for at least 20 minutes a day, I'm not hardcore, like, you know, doing hit workouts or anything like that, but I'm moving in some way every day. I'm extremely conscious of what I eat in terms of just eating food that fuels me. And finally, I have an extreme level of respect for my sleep and I practice sleep hygiene. So some of my non-negotiables are turn off all devices an hour before bed, no devices in the room. I, I sleep with a, a weighted blanket. I don't do any big talk before bed. I stick to the same bedtime every night. I pretty much just have a downtime routine that really winds me down. Take a bath, light some incense or put some cream on my body, whatever I have to do to just really wind down. And I sleep 10 hours a night, totally unmedicated, no CBD, no nothing. I just go to bed. And that's something I had to work really hard for. Sleep is everything. That's something that has been a battle for me. I mean, for, for years, it's like, I'll go through bouts where I'll get great sleep and I'll have this awesome routine. Then I'll get out of it or I'll be on my phone or I'll be working on something and I'll be stressed out. And you get those thoughts just never stop running in your mind. And that's been something lately that I'm like, all right, alarm clock, phone off like an hour before bed, no caffeine after you know noon or whatever. And let's just get this thing done. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I think the audience is going to get a lot out of that too, because you're right. Like we, we hear a lot about morning routine and the power of the morning routine, but if your sleep sucks, your morning routine is going to be completely thrown off and it won't. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Forget the morning. If you haven't slept, forget it. Yeah. So now that you're feeling good, you know, you seem obviously in good spirits. You've overcome this massive emotional mountain that you were talking about during COVID. 
Like, what is Gabby Bernstein trying to manifest? Like, what is it that you're looking to bring into your life that's going to allow you to become a better version of yourself? I am looking to bring in another baby into my body and into my life. <laughs> that's my latest desire. Probably one of the biggest in the light in your lifetime. I have a son who's two and a half, and I am uh, super attracting my. <laughs> And, and consciously conceiving my next child. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I guess, you know, everybody listening to this and myself included will be praying that, that that comes to fruition because we all know that you're a great mom to your son and you're going to continue to grow and evolve as a parent as well. And, and I think along those same lines, I know something that's really big for you in your life and that you talk about in your content is, is feeling aligned. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where you share where you've been unaligned and you've had to kind of check yourself and, and go back within and, and try to figure out like how you can get back on the path. But I think part of the problem is people really don't know that they're unaligned. They're just kind of mm -hmm. like running through life, like kind of with just, just in the dark, right? They can't even see mm -hmm. in front of them because they're just, they're in survival mode. So how can yes. somebody know if they're, they're misaligned and what are some steps that they can take to kind of get back into alignment with where they're meant to go? Well, here's what alignment feels like and looks like it. You go to bed without anxiety and you wake up without anxiety. You're excited for what the day will bring. You're faithful and you have certainty. You trust that when things aren't working out, that something better is on the way. You are solution oriented. You're seeking solutions rather than problems. Your relationships work with ease. You don't have trouble asking for what you need. And you feel a synchronistic energy as if there's an invisible guidance system supporting you. And everyone might be thinking, wow, that sounds really great. And I don't have that. Well, that's probably true because most people don't live in a place of alignment. <laughs> and for me, it's taken me nine books writing about it to, and living it completely, being on a devotional spiritual path for the past 16 years in my sobriety to finally get to a place where I'm truly living in alignment. And it doesn't mean that there weren't moments of relief and there weren't miraculous experiences along the way, but I lived with a lot of resistance for the majority of my career as a spiritual teacher. I lived with a lot of unresolved trauma, unresolved PTSD and anxiety, and one step at a time, chipping away and chipping away, I've led myself to a place of alignment today. So the, the answer is don't beat yourself up if you notice you're not in alignment. Most people are not because we have a lot of obstacles that are in the way. But by picking up a spiritual self-help book, by entering a 12-step room, by joining a therapy session or whatever it is that you make as your commitment to feel better you're every moment getting closer to that place of alignment. And it's available to all of us. The metaphysical text, of course, in Miracles has this beautiful line, which is you can live in the world, but think with the thoughts of heaven. And I'm, and it's called the happy dream. You're living here and you're having a happy dream and you can dream your own dream. You're the dreamer of your dream. There is a potential life that's far easier than the one you might be living. And so if you're listening to this podcast right now, that's a sign that you're looking for something new, that you're wanting to feel better, and you're ready to take the next right action. And that could be going to listen to the next podcast that Doug's done, or to going to reach out to a friend who knows that yoga class, or read a self-help book, or whatever it is, the small steps are what get us there. So we're all in the pursuit of feeling good, and we can get there one step at a time. Yeah, you're so right. And I think 
one of the things that holds people back is fear, especially like in early recovery They people go and they see these people who have 20 years in recovery, 25 years or um, 30 years or two months. And, but yet they can't, they haven't even been able to, been able to stack together like two days of sobriety. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, how am I ever going to get two years? And then they mm-hmm. end up going back into the same patterns because the fear of, of going forward, it, it becomes so overwhelming that it's easier just to go back into those same patterns. So like, just imagine somebody comes up to you in a coffee shop or they run into you somewhere in New York and they're like, Gabby, I am just so afraid of taking that leap of faith. I am so afraid of taking that first step in, in any kind of change that they're trying to make in their life, whether it's getting that job, leaving a relationship, getting into recovery. What are some easy steps someone can take to, to transition from living um, with fear into faith? Well, I'll repeat what one of my sober friends said to me. This guy had 20 years when I was counting days. And I was like, how did you get there? And he said to me, lots of little right actions. That changed me forever. It helped me realize I didn't have to get there overnight. So I just focused and committed my life to the daily right actions towards feeling better every single day. And I stayed in the progress rather than perfection. And as they say in the 12 steps, I kept it in the day, one day at a time. And I'll tell you, it fucking works. (laughs) Like if you just keep it in the day and you focus on what can I do today to feel relief? What can I do today to, to be of service to myself and others? What can I do today to stay clean? Whatever it is that you focus on that day is exactly what needs to happen. Because the second you start future tripping into how am I going to get there? That's when you fall backwards, like you said. So taking lots of small right actions towards that bigger dream. Mm, I love that. And, and I think that for people listening to this, just remember, like you, you can't, and I say this a lot, you can't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20, right? You no got to just way. focus on, on where you're at and, and just do everything you possibly freaking can to, to stay in alignment with, with where you want to go and make those decisions based on that alignment to become the better, a better version of yourself today, a better version of yourself tomorrow and so on and so forth. And that gives you a really good shot at reaching your dreams. It, it might not guarantee it, but it certainly gives you a shot. Whereas if you don't do that and you continue to make those poor decisions, it guarantees you that you won't get there. So Gabby, this has been awesome. I appreciate your time. I think the audience is going to get a lot of value out of our conversation and they're going to want to, if they already don't, they're going to want to follow you. They're, they're going to want to buy your book. So where can people do that? You can start with listening to my podcast, Dear Gabby on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can go to deargabby.com, learn more about the podcast, get my books. All my books are on Amazon. I've, I've written nine books now and I hope they serve you in any way that they can. So thank you. This has been so beautiful. Thank you so much for this conversation. Of course. I've been wanting to have this for a long time and I'm glad that you made the time and this has been awesome. And, and for those listening, we love to hear takeaways. We love to hear feedback. So what I want you to do, like I try to recommend with all the podcasts is take a screenshot, tag Gabby, tag myself with a takeaway, something that she said that really hit home with. Maybe it was some of her words of wisdom. Maybe it was something that she does to struggle with lack of control or health and wellness routine, whatever it was. We love to hear feedback, tag her, tag myself. And uh, we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.